As you move forward, American Express has your back. Earn 60,000 membership rewards points with the American Express Gold Card, plus four times points at U.S. supermarkets on up to $25,000 in purchases per year, and four times points at restaurants worldwide. Learn more about how the Gold Card can reward your everyday and your appetite for life. Explore this offer and the benefits at AmericanExpress.com slash Gold Card. Terms apply. American Express. Don't live life without it. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. International success coach and noted author, Constance Arnold, delivers life-changing strategies through her own spiritual practices, as well as with best-selling authors and experts that she interviews. Think, Believe, and Manifest is specially designed to empower your mind and words to work for you and to bring about a life you've been dreaming of. And now, here's Constance Arnold. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Law of Attraction, radio network, and of course, you know who I am. I am Constance Arnold, host of the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show. I'm so excited that you've joined me today from all over the world, and guess what? I believe that the Spirit of God has attracted you here, and you're just going to receive exactly what you need. Uh, You might need motivation, inspiration, insight. Maybe you had a difficult week. But this is the show that is really going to transform you, that's going to energize you, and that's going to help align you with the great things that God has in store for you. Well, happy, happy, good morning, happy afternoon, or good evening, whatever time you're listening to the show, it is the right time for you. It's a beautiful day here in Atlanta. It's cold. Somebody asked me, how cold does it get in Atlanta? I think it was one of my clients in London. And I said, it gets cold, girlfriend. I mean, sometimes we can even wear a mink coat if we have one. But it's still simply beautiful. Well, I have a great show for you today. Really excited about it. So I'm going to get right to it. My very special guest is a Reverend Juanita Rasmus. And uh, boy, she's going to be talking about how can you find your center? How can you get up? How can you keep going after the bottom falls that she's a pastor and uh, she's going to talk to us about what happened in her life uh, when after years of being a pastor, she really uh, suffered a really difficult uh, depression episode. And she's going to give us some steps as to how we can keep moving forward. Anybody interested? Also, I want to remind you about social media. Follow me uh, on Clubhouse if you're in Clubhouse, follow me, LOA Constance, uh, on uh, Twitter and on uh, Instagram. It's also LOA Constance. On Facebook, it's Coach with Constance. I go live on uh, two of those platforms often and follow me on YouTube. Go to my YouTube channel and subscribe. Hit the notification button so that you will be notified every time we upload something. Also visit my website, fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Y'all take a look at all of the goodies that I have designed just with you in mind, Uh, my books, my coaching videos. Uh, I'm really ready to coach with you. You've heard my clients share their powerful experience with you. 
I tell people, if not now, when? Also, while you on the website, you can hit the donate button. That's where you can pay it forward. Uh, no, do no donation is too small. Or you can just cash at me, dollar sign, Constance Arnold. Thanking you in advance for that. Drum roll, please. Well, we know this weekend is what? This weekend is Valentine's weekend. Yay. But I'm giving a shout out for all of my ladies, to all of my ladies. So you may say, Constance, I'm single. I'm going to be by myself on Valentine's Day. No, you're not. You're going to be with me. This is for ladies only, guys. I'm going to get to you the next time. For ladies only, I have a free Valentine's weekend seminar where I'm going to be teaching you attracting love from your feminine energy and your heel soul. OMG. You know, I have probably helped tens of thousands of women. And the reason that I say that is because I had a contract with the state of Georgia where I just traveled all around and helped women to deal with their self-esteem and their choices in the relationship. Plus my own personal life that at one time was just a hot mess because of my choices. You never choose any higher than how you feel about yourself. So 30 years ago, my first therapy group was women who love too much. So um, since then, I have probably done hundreds of support therapy groups around relationships. So you're dealing with the master. I'm not a novice. So all of my single women, this is who needs to be there. Tell your girlfriends, your co-workers, you know that friend has been calling you, talking about how lonely she is and how she just can't find love. Okay, so see if this is you. You're ready for love, but you keep attracting the same kind of man. Or maybe you've been hurt and you just sort of shut down emotionally. You're just isolating into yourself and you, you're not really ready to open up to another relationship. Let me just say up front, you were wired for love. When you shut, when you shut yourself down, it shuts down your feminine energy. Remember, I'm going to be talking a lot about feminine energy. Or you might say, Constance, I haven't dated in decades. Is it still possible for me to attract a man? Absolutely. Are you dating someone and you know that person is not right for you? I know that person is not right for you. You know, we're very intuitive as women, but that's what you're comfortable with. So you just stay in that. I'm going to talk about how to be whatever you want to attract and then how to heal, forgive, let go once and for all. Because when you attract from a wounded soul, which a lot of y'all have, uh, your will, your past, your experience, your emotion, you keep attracting wounded men. And lastly, I'm going to talk about the power of femininity and spirituality in attraction. It is absolutely free. Uh, it is on Saturday, September the 13th. Y'all better tell some folks, September the 13th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Just go to my website, fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Click the link on, have your pad and your pen ready. I'm going to answer some questions at the end. It's probably going to be, I'm going to do an hour's worth of teaching and maybe 30 minutes worth of answering your questions. Free Valentine's weekend seminar. We're going to be hanging out together, ladies, attracting love from your feminine energy 
and your healed soul. You know, the number one question that I get is about, I think love would be the number one question. And second is money. And you know, your love and your money are really intricately connected. I don't have time to talk about that on the show, but I'm excited. Uh, we're going to have lots of fun. I may be giving you uh, a PDF at the end of that session. I think that is it, everybody. Um, I'm excited to hear what um, Reverend Juanita has to say. I, I've, I, she comes highly recommended. So you better put your seatbelt on, open yourself up to hear from God, open yourself up to hear how-tos, open yourself up to be transformed. We're going to these quick commercials and then I'm going to be right back, everybody. So stay tuned. For the past 30 years, Constance Arnold has coached clients globally in the areas of relationships, wealth, and career. Her vast clinical background gives her extraordinary understanding of human behavior to accelerate manifestation. Every coaching client receives proven action plans to create change from the inside out. Constance will be right by your side. Talk to her today at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Do you have an upcoming event where you need a dynamic speaker? Constance Arnold is a sought-after keynote speaker that will enlighten the entire audience with proven strategies that are aligned with your organization's vision and mission. An experienced speaker for major Fortune 500 companies, Constance has entertained audiences with inspiring change. Constance would love to make your next event an extraordinary success. Contact her today at Constance at FulfillingYourPurpose.com. Everybody, I am back and I am really excited about my guest. And I know what you're saying. You're saying, Constance, you're always excited. That's a good thing, right? But today we are highly blessed. Uh, my very special guest is Reverend Juanita Campbell-Rasman. Okay, she is a speaker. I want to make sure I got that name right. Y'all know I have been known in the past to not, uh, not pronounce some of my guests' name correctly, but she's a speaker, author, spiritual uh, director, and she has a powerful book and principle that she's going to share with us, one of my favorite words being, she's going to talk to us about learning to be, finding your center after the bottom falls out, how many of you really feel like, wow, Constance, I don't know what's happening around me and in me right now globally. So we are so blessed. So Dr. Juanita, welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Thank you so much for having me, Constance. What a pleasure to be on the Law of Attraction Network with you today. Thank, Thank you. you. It's divine. It's, it's wonderful. Uh, when I looked at your name, I'm like, okay, get this right, Constance. So, <laughs> no, it's so really I, simple. Raz Muss. Mm -hmm. It sure is. So um, Pam Perry told me about you, and she said, Constance, you have to interview this powerful woman of God. And so here you are. I believe that everyone who comes on my show that is divine and that they have a voice, they have answers, strategies, and how-tos for listeners all over the world. So, so let's get started, uh, Juanita. 
Tell us about your story. And then I probably got 20 questions to ask you. I don't know if okay. we have time. <laughs> okay. Tell us your story. Well, how far back do you want me to go? <laughs> okay. I want you to talk about how you were getting ready for work. And then you, sure. you know, that story about okay. how your. All right, cool. Well, thank mm -hmm. you for the opportunity. Let me tell you, um, I'm a native Houstonian. Mm -hmm. uh, I have been. Um, a wife and a mom and am a wife and a mom now of adult children. Um, and one particular day when my, uh, let me, let me tell you a little bit before that, that okay. moment that you're mentioning, my husband and I are, are co-pastors of a church in Houston, St. John's downtown. And we started with nine members and over a period of time, the church grew to thousands of members. Well, oh. this was in the phase where uh, we were, had been there our seventh year. Um, the church had grown from nine members at that point to 3,500 members. Mm -hmm. My husband and I are both very entrepreneurial. Uh, we both are the kind of people when there's a, a job to be done, uh, typically we take the list, uh, write it down, tear it in half. I give him his half with his <laughs> priorities, with, with his gifts and graces. And then he gives me my half that have uh, the places where I do best work. Uh, mm -hmm. And so we've always kind of done that. Um, and one particular morning, our girls were in, middle school um, and our lives were just so busy and one of the things that was just kind of the thing that we tried to keep a focus on was that breakfast would be our special time together because after that everything you know was catch us catch catch right <laughs> so we tried to make breakfast special in our house and so that particular morning August the 27th the girls had just started school for the semester I got up I prepared breakfast and my girls were used to heart-shaped pancakes and uh, sparkling apple cider in champagne glasses because I knew I wanted to make memories in that time because it was probably the only time in the day that the four of us would be together and that there would be a measure of, you know, some peace, if you will, mm -hmm. no, no rushing. And so I got breakfast ready, called everybody into the table, we ate, and then I got up and walked away so that I could go put on my makeup. And my husband said, baby, would you like me to take the girls to school? And I said, hey, that'd be great. That way I can put my makeup on in the bathroom mirror instead <laughs> of the rear view mirror. And I know I'm not the only sister out there. I've been oh, in the rear view mirror. All right. <laughs> and so I uh, kissed them all goodbye. They left out of the door. And then I went to the bathroom to put on my makeup. And then Constance, all of a sudden, I felt very sick. Um, you know, you've heard people say, I just got hit with the flu. I didn't know what I was getting hit with, but all of a sudden, I just felt like everything in me was going to find its way out one way or another, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And so I picked up the phone, I called our secretary and I said, I'm not feeling well. Um, would you reschedule my appointments this morning? And I'll lay down. I think if I just lay down for a little bit, come in a little later, I'll probably be fine. I, I figured I had just been moving around too fast. And that wasn't uncommon, um, but I just never felt like this from moving around too fast. Um, and so I hung up the phone and I turned and walked away. And then I saw myself, and it was like an outer body experience, Constance. I saw myself pick up the phone, hit redial, and then say to her, I'm not coming in. I don't know if I'm ever coming back. I'm going to wow. take a sabbatical or a leave or something. I hung up the phone and I got in the bed and proceeded to sleep 18 to 20 hours a day for months. Mm. After about the second week, my husband said, baby, something's wrong. 
this isn't just tired. This is something else. I think we need to get you to a doctor. So I went to my doctor, uh, my primary care physician. We, she did some blood work and ruled out other things that could have caused this kind of uh, sudden fatigue. Um, and so we ruled out thyroid uh, disorder. We ruled out diabetes, which was common in my family. Uh, and just, she just ruled out every biological thing she could as to why I, I just couldn't get out of bed. And so then she said, Ms. Rasmus, I think you need to see a psychiatrist. And so I did. I set up an appointment, went to see the psychiatrist. She talked with me for an hour. And then she said, Ms. Rasmus, I believe your diagnosis is best suited as a uh, major depressive episode. Mm. I had never heard that term before, but I asked her, I said, did I have a nervous breakdown? And she said, well, there's no such thing as a nervous breakdown in the DSM-IV. And personally, I was like, I'm not afraid of the word if that's mm -hmm. what you're scared of telling me, okay? <laughs> you know, and um, so she met, gave me some uh, prescription for medication and basically said, it's going to take about six weeks for this medicine to kick in, but I believe you'll begin to see some, some impact, some shift, some change. Uh, and that was hopeful and helpful to know that perhaps in six weeks I could be feeling better. But what happened for me that morning was really the convergence of um, a whole lot of things. There was a lot of grief in my life that had been unaddressed. Uh, as a pastor, we had been eulogizing um, at least 50 people a year. That's one person a week. Uh, from the HIV and AIDS epidemic, because in Houston, we were one of the few churches that would eulogize persons who had died from AIDS. Um, then, uh, in addition to that, the rapid growth and having to make such quick adjustments with just three people. It was just my husband and I and an administrative assistant on the staff. And so we were really over uh, you know, you hear people say all the time, I was doing the job of three or four people. Mm -hmm. We were all doing the jobs of three or four people. So you had that happening. Um, you had the fact that my narrative, my childhood story caught up with me and it put me in a perfect storm. Uh, in the book, I talk about uh, being a good little girl, following so all the that. rules, wanting to do all the things right. Uh, I accepted Christ at a very early age. And so for me, it meant really internalizing the big rules, right? The Ten Commandments. And then because of my personality, I didn't want, I wanted to make sure I didn't break any rules. So I added more rules to <laughs> safeguard the ten, right? And and not knowing anything about grace. Not knowing that God was more concerned with me being in relationship than following the rules. Why? Because it's out of the relationships that the rules really, to a great extent, won't matter Absolutely. when you're in relationship. Because there are just some things you won't do when you're in relationship. But I was still operating out of a little girl's understanding of who I was and a little girl's understanding of who God was. And so for me, God was always this cross between Judge Judy and Santa Claus. And both of them could mess up your Christmas, if you know what I mean. You know? Oh, Lord, and so that that's kind so of funny. my story. That's where uh, learning to be picks up is um, around that, what I call the crash, the diagnosis, um, finding out then later that I was having panic attacks um, and then getting medicated for those. And the journey towards living with, now Constance, I want your audience to hear me say this living with a mental health diagnosis. 
That's powerful. Let's unpack that a little bit. That's such a powerful story, you know, especially during pandemic times, because we've been uh, 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 sheltered in place and a lot of us have been in for like a year. I know a lot of my global listeners in London, you guys are still in. In France, you've gone back in. So I believe that people have really or have have had an opportunity to get in touch with what's going on. And in your book, you talk a lot about doing and being busy. So do you believe Mm -hmm. that a lot of people are are doing a lot and not really dealing with a lot of their childhood stuff and other traumas that are just sort of lying dormant. Talk a lot about doing. Sure. Well, you know, one of the things, especially in, in the West, um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I'm, I'm certain there's a measure of this around the globe, but um, the Western influence is that we are who we, what we do, you know, um, that we are defined by our capacity to produce, our capacity to um, um, climb up the corporate ladder, our capacity to uh, be known for taking care of business, for getting the job done. And all of that um, creates a kind of mental construct um, that basically says to us that if we're not, quote, doing something, then we're not important, we're not valued, we're not worthy. Um, And so all of that fed into my story. Um, I was the perfect candidate for this major depressive episode. What happened is that for me, I had always um, seen my ability to produce as what gave me worth, mm-hmm. what made me valuable. What, in, in essence, um, as a little girl, somewhere along the line, and, and this happens for all of us, our ego creates a construct. It tells us a story about how we're going to survive this family of origin, how we're going to survive our community, how we're going to survive in the greater world, right? And so for me, mine very early on was do good, do the right thing, um, and then you can be the teacher's pet, and then you'll be accepted and approved of. Well, see, the reality is deep down inside, I had not grown to accept myself. I um, had this narrative that lots of therapy and prayer and silence and solitude and COVID-19 has been a wonderful gift for those of us who've seen this as a space uh, like a chrysalis for a caterpillar, a space where we came into this this experience of COVID-19 and here in America, a social justice uprising along with uh, political instability. And so all of that has produced a great storm where we've been given an opportunity to pay attention, to notice what we're noticing. So much of our busyness, so much of our activity, so much of our doing is to distract us from taking care of the the business of unraveling the stories we've been telling ourselves the narratives that we've been using to push us forward into life. With every belief, if you'll take it, write the word belief down, B-E-L-I-E-F, in the middle of every belief, there's the possibility of a lie. Mm. And many of us have been living our lives out of a lie. What COVID-19 has the capacity to do in helping us to cut back on so much busyness, now, we can, we can make it busy in another form, but
But the reality is we've been given a spaciousness that invites us to notice what we're noticing. Notice what gives us life. Notice what relationships are, are meaningful and life-giving. Notice what places in our lives are draining us, sucking the life out of us, right? And so our opportunity during the midst of COVID-19 is for us to evaluate, are we human doings or have we been called to be human beings? And then so out of our good. being, out of our being, we choose the actions of how we'll do in the world. So powerful, you know, and especially, I'm not going to say especially women, but I had to learn, I was so performance based, just like you said, and sure it's is. the beginning of the year and a lot of people are like, you know, you got to hustle, you got to grind. I tell people, don't even mention those two words to me. I'm too cute and too feminine in my feminine energy to be hustling and grinding anything, you know, setting goals, be intentional. You got, you know, you got to do one, two, three, four, but I love that you talked about a place of being. So, so talk a little bit about the power of being and being in silence and how did that transform you and how can listeners begin to get into that vibration? Thank you for asking me that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the things that happens in silence is that if we'll practice the, 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 if we'll make a habit of the practice of silence on a regular basis, daily, often um, I try to, uh, my goal is to meditate every morning. I haven't quite gotten to the evening meditation, but often at some point during the day, I'll just do some breathing, some deep breathing to ground myself in the here and the now. Mm -hmm. I found that silence for me, um, so what ended up happening is this, this learning to be uh, and learning to live with a mental health diagnosis really was about a three-year period for me. The most challenging parts of it were about the first 18 months uh, because my mind was so shut down. But what was happening is that I was being quarantined. That's a word we've been using. I, I, that I was word. quarantined to my home. The way my uh, one of my dear friends who's a spiritual director told me, she said, Juanita, you have been cloistered. That's mm. the word that the most love use. that word. You've been cloistered to your home. And if many of us could see that we've been cloistered to our homes, we have been invited to come home, come home to the authentic self, come home to the authentic way of being and living. And silence helps us with that. Now, I have a lot of uh, people that I've done spiritual direction with who say, I don't like the silence. The silence is frightening. So, so explain, I, explain to our listeners what spiritual direction is. Spiritual direction is uh, basically journeying with a person who um, is looking for spiritual insight, spiritual uh, guidance, spiritual uh, not not necessarily religious, but spiritual uh, instruction, and and really just walking alongside of a person. It's it's different from therapy, uh, only in that 
it's a lot of listening for how we're listening together. What are we noticing? Are we seeing any shifts? Are we noticing any patterns? And paying attention to how spirit is guiding and offering invitations into our most expansive life. Noticing how spirit is inviting us to spiral up on the map of consciousness versus constantly spiraling down. Um, and so it's really co-journeying with the person uh, very much in, a, in a, the context of spirituality and, and the fact that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. So um, silence, you were talking about silence before I asked you that question. And that seemingly is so hard for many people because, you know, we got our yeah. phones, we got yeah. TV, and, yeah. you know, then our mind is so distractive. But I heard somebody say that there is profit in stillness. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's the hip hop guy. Uh, I can't think of his name right now, but but uh, sounds like that's kind of what you're saying, that that's what happened to you emotionally, psychologically, exactly. and spiritually. Exactly. Everything came to a stop. I couldn't think. Um, I would get up and not remember why, you know, and I was in my 30s. So when I got up and couldn't remember why I got up, that was that was a big <laughs> deal. All right. Uh, got up to to fix a meal and went into the kitchen and looked around because I knew it was time for my kids to come home from school, but everything looked foreign. I opened the pantry. Everything looked foreign. Everything in the refrigerator looked foreign. And it was because of just how shut down my mind was. But what was happening for me that I didn't realize until reflection years later as I wrote the book is that silence was allowing me to marinate in stillness. And it was breaking down some thought patterns mm. that had been running my life. And so the invitation and the silence is to uh, Psalms, I think it's 4610 says, be still and know that I am God. Mm -hmm. And so in the stillness, we get to know. We get to know this God who is creator and sustainer. This God who is present to us. This God who is yet creating, named by many names, no doubt. Some say nature, some say universal life force, some say spirit, however we choose to name. We all recognize that when we're asleep, there's a power, a force breathing us while we sleep. So that force, that power that I name God, was revealed to me in the silence. You see, you said it, Constance, when you said we have so many distractions. It's not only that we have so many distractions, we are addicted to our distractions. So true. So true. And you mentioned that when you're in stillness and silence, how thoughts, expound on thoughts, you know, because in the law of attraction, we say thoughts become things. And, oh, absolutely. and your thinking is the beginning of all creation. So what role does our thinking and our thoughts play in learning how to be? Well, absolutely. It's critical because unless, here's what I found out. Okay. That not until I addressed the story I had been telling myself, those thoughts plus those feelings created those actions and thus results, right? And so I was being given an opportunity. Um, I, I love, and I, I, I mentioned it in Learning to Be, how Humpty Dumpty, the little children's rhyme, Humpty uh -huh. Dumpty sat on the wall, Humpty Dumpty had a had great a fall, fall, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. But here's the thing. 
everybody would want Humpty to go back to being Humpty all over again. But the purpose of the crash was so that Humpty would realize there was a more expansive life, that there was a life beyond the way Humpty had been thinking. And so for me, I became so aware that all I wanted to do, the ego wanted me to go back to being the same old Juanita. Why? Because then the ego could be in in total control. But spirit was saying, I've got a life out here that I'd like you to live. It's more expansive, but you're going to have to move beyond the thoughts you've been thinking, the thoughts of limitation, the thoughts of scarcity, the thoughts of inadequacy, the thoughts of shame and guilt and fear. Those thoughts will not propel you into the space that I'm calling you to live in, to serve in, to love in. But it was in the silence that I began to be able to hear more clearly the still, small voice of the divine. It was in that space that I began to change my narrative, to change not only what I thought, to notice how my previous thoughts had been uh, feeling attached. There were strong feelings attached to how I used to think Mm -hmm. and how I would have to begin to intentionally create new affirmations about the life I wanted to live. Um, and so, yeah, silence and stillness give us that opportunity to hear, to cultivate. I say to cultivate an ear to hear the heart of God. Wow. You preaching now, but you are a pastor. So I tell you, <laughs> this is so good. And so uh, reading your book, I, one thing you talked about was that uh, during this uh, difficult time, you really uh, had an opportunity to get in touch with what you desire, what yeah. Juanita really wanted. So for listeners right now who might be going through uh, being furloughed, I don't know what I'm going to sure. do. Sure. Maybe the moms are at home. I'm praying for all moms who are at home working Absolutely. and doing virtual education with exactly. their children. So, yeah. so, so how can people during these difficult times really get in touch with what do I really desire? What do I really want? So one of the things that I have uh, invited people to do is first of all, make a practice of deep breathing every day. And especially if you're working from home and trying to homeschool your kids. Let me tell the listeners before we did this recording, Y'all don't want to know. We did it a little earlier. And so that means, you know, we had to rush and put on our makeup and yada, yada, yada. And so one uh, Juanita, when we sat down, I said to her, I said, I'm feeling a little hot. Y'all know how that is. And she said, let's deep, do some deep breathing exercises. And she took maybe two to three minutes. It just calmed me on down. Just that, those two to three minutes. So I just want to share with listeners, I just experienced uh, what she's sharing with you, and it works. I'm just as cool. I'm so cool. I could put on my sunglasses and it, <laughs> uh, uh, and, uh, and do this interview, but I'm going to keep going. So, oh, so talk more about breathing and the power of that. Well, one of the things that happened for me is that um, the Spirit invited me to start doing yoga. And so yoga is very much re- Im- um, impressed and in, uh influenced by the power of breath, right? And so I started doing the breathing exercises and I noticed how my anxiety levels would come down. 
And so the breathing is very simple. Uh, but yet there are as many breathing techniques as there are probably people on the planet. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the basic breathing technique I use is to breathe in through the nose and I'm then doing to it breathe. right now, listeners. Good, good. Then breathe out through the mouth as though you're blowing through a straw. Okay. That feels good. And so as you do that breathing for like we did a minute or two, two mm-hmm. or three minutes, you'll find the autonomic nervous system will calm down. What many of us have been living our lives on when we're so focused on doing is we're living on adrenaline. Mm-hmm. And that begins, that's a chemical. And that chemical can begin to affect organs in our body. It can begin to wear on and wear down the nervous system. And so when we learn to breathe in deeply and fully through our nose and exhale deeply and slowly through our mouth, and when we do that, when we implement that practice, preferably in the first thing in the morning and sometime before the the bedtime, but also what I try to do is when I shift from one activity to the next. If I'm working on the computer and then I'm going to take a call, I try to do some breathing in between so that I'm shifting my energy. I'm bringing me uh, my energy from being perhaps at a high level of intensity back down to a place where I'll be able to hear more clearly, not only hear the person I'm engaged with, but hear spirits speaking to me about how to be present in the engagement. And so this manner of breathing has been life-giving for me. So you ask the question, how's a person to decide what they really want? Start by breathing. Make the practice so that you give yourself spaciousness within to begin to be open. Here's one of the things I do, and people can go to my TED Talk, uh, TED.com. Boy, that TED Talk, uh, Reverend Juanita, I listened to that. I'm like, this woman is teaching truth. It was so powerful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, in that TED talk, I talk about a practice I use, and it's very simple. It's drawing what looks like a window pane on a piece of paper, a window mm-hmm. pane, or a window with four panes in it. In one of the panes, you write, who am I? In the other pane, you write, what do I want? Excuse me, what do I need? Mm-hmm. In the third pane, you write, what do I want? And in the fourth pane, you write, What gives me life at my Mm. core? Now, this came to me because in my recovery process, the spirit asked me, Juanita, what do you want? You see, because I had been uh, running off of a to-do list that had nothing to do with anything I particularly wanted. It was just assignments. It was just priorities. It was just things that needed, somebody had to pay attention to and take care of, right? But in that space, and over that time, I had pushed away all personal desires for, for things that, quote, had to be done or should be done, right? And so in that process, what God showed me is that I had pushed away the source of life, mm. the source of joy, the source of contentment, and dare I say pleasure? <laughs> fun? Can we say pleasure, fun, enjoyment, uh, you know? Um, And so what the spirit invited me to do is to re-engage what I loved. I Mm. couldn't even think of what I loved. And so spirit said, remember when you were a child, what did you really enjoy doing as a kid? And so I would say that to your audience. When you were a kid, what were some of the things you really enjoyed doing? 
What are the things you did that your mom or your parent would have to say? Now, it's dinner time. I said, come on in and let's eat. Mm -hmm. Enough of that. Maybe it was reading or maybe it was playing outside or maybe it was, in my case, one of the things I loved to do was to climb my grandmother's steps and jump off of her banister. And, and mm. it would, I, I felt like I was flying, right? Then I got older and I realized I could climb trees and jump out of them. That was like the bomb. That was like so exciting to me. But every now and then she would see me and she'd say, Juanita, don't do that because you'll mm. fall and break your neck or you got it. back. You got it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is for a lot of us, the things that we innately want to do, somebody else believes that thing to be a possible uh, problem. Somebody else is fearful for us to do that thing, right? And so over time, we just begin to take off the table the things that are important to us. And so ask yourself, what did I love doing as a child? What is it that I've always had an interest in but never really pursued? And so what I'm encouraging people to do is notice what you're noticing. When you start remembering those things that gave you life, write them down. You might say, well, I used to love jumping rope, but what am I going to do with jumping rope? Well, you know, the same you that loved jumping rope then just might love jumping rope now. The same you that loved playing jacks as a little girl might just love playing jack now. The same you that love going fishing, why not go fishing now? You know, and sometimes in, in spiritual direction with men on occasion, I'll have somebody say, well, you know, the thing I really love is fishing. And I'll say, well, when was the last time you went fishing? Oh, it's been a while. I've been too busy to go fishing. Mm -hmm. What do you mean you've been too busy to go fishing? You mean to tell me you've been too busy to create space for yourself so that you could be? Ooh, that's so that you good. could tune in to the divine? So that you could be present with how God speaks to you when you go fishing. Talk to me about that. And so, Juanita, when people are doing what they love, skydiving, yeah. you know, I love yeah. traveling. So do you yes. think that we're more open and the spirit can just just uh, invade or, or speak to us doing those believe, wonderful, yeah. relaxing, pleasurable, yes. dare we say, fun times? Exactly. Exactly. It's in, let, me, let me give you an example. I remember one particular week, I was working on a sermon, and at that time, I, um, it, it, I was so um, fixated on doing and on perfectionism that I invested 20 hours a week on writing one sermon wow. for 30 minutes on Sunday, okay? And, and I, I probably wouldn't change that because in many ways, I'm a student, and so that's important to me. That nurtures mm -hmm. me. Uh, to be in a learning environment. But anyway, long story short, uh, I had promised my girls and my husband that on Friday night, we were going to have movie night and we were going to watch a particular movie that everybody in the family had been wanting to see, right? So that Friday comes and I'm fixated on the fact that my sermon isn't finished. There's no way possible I can give up the two hours to watch this uh, video with the family uh, because I need to get this sermon done. Mm -hmm. And so I tell them, I'm sorry, y'all, but I'm not far enough in this sermon to finish this. And so they, my girls, of course, they're upset. They're mom, you promised, you know, that kind of thing. And so mm -hmm. I say, but I know, but I can't. Okay. And so I go to my study, I close the door, I sit down and I get back to looking at the sermon and trying to figure out why I can't figure out the ending. What, what is it that I'm missing? Right. And spirit said, go watch the movie. And I'm thinking, 
I can't afford to watch the movie. I've got a full day Saturday. This is the only block of time I can finish this message. Now, here I am fussing with spirit, the eternal, mm -hmm. the everlasting, the omnipotent, omnipresent. Come on now. You know, but we do that, don't we? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We do that. Okay. And so spirit said again, very calmly, very quietly, go watch the movie. So I took some deep breaths. <laughs> okay, I'll go watch the movie. So I go watch the movie. Constance. The ending of my sermon was in the movie. Whoa, hello. Mm -hmm. But not only I did I get that. the ending, I got to spend quality time with my girls and my husband, whom I love and adore. We got to laugh together, pass the popcorn around together. We got to be together. And that so when we so make good. space for being, we find out that there are quantum experiences happening. Quantum answers coming quicker than we could have imagined. Quantum ways of living and being showing up sooner than we could have ever imagined out of the space of being. So, you know, that's so, so powerful, you know, because so essentially you're saying out of our being, that's where we take inspired action. We're not trying to exactly. struggle and make That's things right. happen. But it's our being that really inspires us. Go here, do this, sit exactly. your behind down, you know, whatever. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And mm -hmm. and it, it has been the most profound lesson that I could have learned. And it is a lesson for all of us who have been diagnosed or undiagnosed with a mental health disorder because it's about learning to be with the diagnosis, not pushing against it. So many of us, uh, whether it's a diagnosis of the mind or body or um, it's a divorce or some devastation in our life or something goes, turns upside down in our employment or in our business or in some circle of influence, whatever it is that seems to pull the rug from under our feet. Most of us just want to run ahead and get it, whatever the it is behind us, right? What being invites us to do is to lean into it. Mm. What are the treasures that. being made available to us out of this space that we would have never been synchronized with before had we not leaned into being? So good. And, and so for listeners right now who are like, I am so tired of being at home. You know, I always thought I would have that job and now I'm furloughed. I don't sure. know what we're going to do. Should they stop resisting and lean into being? Absolutely. Uh, okay. Let me tell you why. Okay. In COVID-19, both my husband and I have written another book. He's written one, I wrote one. Why? Because there was some space that we never had before. The space that we would have used to commute back and forth to the church, we now get to claim that time. So I want to invite your audience to your listeners to, to say to myself, what would I really love? Mm. Not now, not in 2022 even. Go out to 2024. It's uncharted territory. Mm -hmm. There's no COVID-19 in 2024. There's no social justice uprising in 2024. There's no political uneasiness in 2024. Go out to 2024. Look around and see who you want to be in 2024. And oh, look good. in every quadrant of your life. 
your health and well-being, who you want to be in 2024, your time and money freedom, who you want to be in 2024. When it relates to um, your vocation, how you will serve the world, not necessarily a job, but how are you being invited to serve for the greater good in 2024? And then as, as it relates to relationships, many are wanting their lifelong companion. And then those who are in re committed relationships maybe want a little more spice, want to jazz it up. Who is that person that you want to be in 2024? Who has that lifelong companion? Who has that relationship that's jazzed up? Go to 2024. Look around in those four quadrants and then decide what's the step you need to take now to move you towards be that person you'd love to become in 2024. See, I need you on for like five hours. And, and my last <laughs> question, <laughs> you well, know, look, my, my, my last question. Again, you know. yeah, we, we can we, do we, it we again. Okay, listeners, y'all heard she committed. We'll do part two. So let's talk about the grace of God or grace in darkness, grace in our, I love that chapter, grace in, in dark places, grace in the lives of people of, I don't know what I'm going to do. What is that and what would that look like for listeners? Well, you know, first of all, I think grace looks differently for everybody. Mm -hmm. But another word for grace is love, mm. pure love, the kind of love that says, if my friend was feeling what I'm feeling, mm -hmm. if my grandbaby was feeling what I'm feeling, if, if my um, lifelong BFF was feeling what I'm feeling right now, how would I offer that person compassion? How would I offer that person love? How is it that I would be present to them if they were experiencing darkness, if they were experiencing doubt and despair, and then turn that energy towards yourself. Wow. So many of us offer our kindness and our compassion, our listening ear and um, intentionality of our hearts to be with the other, but we don't give that to ourselves. Uh, we don't listen to ourselves. We ignore what we're sensing. We push down what we're feeling. So what if you just take a few moments to notice what you're noticing? Grace is the measure of the love we're willing to offer ourselves. Now, the universe shows us pictures of grace, no doubt. You know, um, there are little ways grace shows up. Grace certainly shows up in big ways, but there are little ways grace can show up. Um, during COVID-19, one of the graces could be that being in your home, you now begin to look around to what is it that is in this home that really gives me life? Yeah. The grace to see the, that, that you only are going to keep things in your house that give you life and that you sent out uh, to be recycled or to be resold or how, however it is you want to put items out, clothing that you no longer wear, shoes that you no longer wear. I have a, uh, a dear friend who uh, during COVID-19 bought more shoes. And I thought to myself, 
You're not going anywhere. Why do you need more shoes? You're going to the living room today. Right. You know, uh, so it invites grace is noticing what we're noticing. I love noticing that. how love we that comfort mantra. ourselves. Notice how we comfort ourselves. Notice how we punish ourselves. And then grace says, you know, I'm letting go of that way of being. That no longer serves me. That's not life giving to me. And so I notice what I'm noticing. Grace flows in as we are willing to be open to grace. And I want to offer this. This is a, an exercise a dear friend taught me. Okay. And that is you bring your hands out in front of you okay. as though you're clapping, right? But just hold the hands there. And then I'll show you and then we'll do it together. And then you open the hands and you say, I am willing and open to receive and to give love. Then you close. And now let's do it together. I am willing, willing and, and open, open to receive, to receive and, to love, and to give love. Exactly. But notice I said receive it first. Let's do it again. I, I am, am willing, willing and, open and open to receive, to receive and to give love. And to give love. That's what grace love. is. If, if you look at the map of consciousness, and I use it a lot because it helps people to visually see where they're, they're lining up in their feelings. Uh, the map of consciousness shows, and you can Google that map of consciousness um, in it. It shows that willingness is the most transformative place in the consciousness. It will be open and willing to receive first love, right? And then we can give love. But understanding that love flows in as all kinds of really beautiful things. Love flows in as grace, kindness, compassion, the uh, capacity to listen. Grace flows in as new relationships. Grace can flow in and, and love can flow in because all of that is on the same stream, right? This grace that, that's love, staying open to receive and to give love to myself because I can't give what I don't have. I get short patient and t short tempered with somebody else because I'm short patient and short tempered with myself. <laughs> Truth. And so we mirror that onto other people. And so the notion of if you will practice this every day, especially when you feel your body getting constricted in any way, say, I am open, I'm open and, willing and willing to receive, to receive, to give, love. to give love. And, you know, you take your arms way back because how, how much do I want to receive? I want to receive everything. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I'm open and I'm willing open to receive and, willing and to give love. To receive and give love. Yay. This is so good. Lord have mercy. So, <laughs> so Reverend Juanita, tell people how Juanita? they can, um, Juanita, I know, how people, how can people get your book? And then I want you to say a prayer over our listeners. I'd be happy to. Okay. The book is available on Amazon and any place books are sold. Um, you can go to my website, JuanitaRasmus.com um, and, and access it there. But you can uh, anywhere books are sold, you can get Learning to Be, Finding Your Center After the Bottom Falls Out. Um, hey, and, uh -huh. and I want to say to listeners, I read the book. It's powerful. All of you need to go to her website, go to Amazon and get it. I was just um, 
immersed in it. I was amazed. I, I saw places in the book. I'm like, oh my God, that's me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And so yeah. it's very powerful. And I think it's really great for a time such as this. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you so much, Constance. That's been probably the one common uh, phrase I've heard from all the interviews I've done from CNN to uh, Good Morning America. And now with you is hearing this is a book for our time. And yeah. I believe that. So say a prayer or declarations or whatever you want to okay. do over listeners today. We're so grateful to have you. And uh, you have certainly enriched my life. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. Well, what I'd like to do is what we did earlier. Invite okay. everyone to sit up tall and straight in your seat. And if you're able to put your feet flat on the floor. Mm-hmm. And as you're able to turn your hands palm side up. And lay your palms on your thighs. Lay them in your lap, as we say. Mm -hmm. I invite you to take a deep breath, breathing in through your nose. And out through your mouth as though you're blowing through a straw. Exhaling deeply and slowly, breathing in deeply and fully. Exhaling through your mouth. Allow yourself to notice the cool air coming into your nostrils. On the exhale, notice the warm air exiting your mouth. As you breathe in, breathing in divine light and love. Exhaling all darkness, all despair. Breathe in the knowing that the breath of life is flowing freely through you. And on the exhale, exhale deeply and fully. Now you continue to breathe while I pray. Good and gracious God. We give you thanks for this moment in time where we're able to be still and know you are God. Be still and know be still Be empower us to be that we might know well our guidance for any doing that we're called to. May we know truth in our being. May we know the healing of our deep-seated wounds in our, in our being. And may each of us radiate the light of your love and live in the most abundant truth and be open and willing to receive and to give your love. Amen.
Amen. And so it is. Thank you, Juanita. Everybody share this show with everyone you know, your families, your co-workers, your friends. It is uh, life-changing. All I'm going to say is everybody make a decision to have a blessed week and God bless you. Thank you for listening to Think, Believe, and Manifest. Constance Arnold will be back next week with another great show just for you. For more information, please visit fulfillingyourpurpose.com. News, laws, and regulations are changing by the day. We get it. It's hard to stay on top of it all. That's why ADP is here to guide you with up-to-the-minute compliance expertise to help you navigate these complex times so you can pay your people accurately and on time, regardless of changes in legislation. When you rely on us for payroll and HR, you're trusting us to help you take care of your people. It's what we've been doing for over 70 years, and that's not about to change. ADP, HR talent, time, benefits, and payroll, informed by data and designed for people.